Jason Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It is Tuesday. It is June the 27th. We are approaching July. Baseball season is over in college. Ben McKee, Jason Swain, Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center Studio. Hope you are having a wonderful, wonderful morning. A lot of news to get to, a lot of conversations to have this morning, my good friend Ben McKee. What is up? Oh, I don't, I don't have you there, Ben. Hold on, hold on. There we go. All right, now we good. Yep, there we go. Can you hear me? Yeah, man, sound great. That is awesome. I will change my video over for you. No, you look I, good, I, man. Oh, ooh, I, even I, better. I like the close up. No, uh, even better. Even better. It, it, it's been a, a heck of a morning for, for multiple reasons. My my little man cannot catch a break. It is one illness after the next, and he is home from daycare. So uh, it, it's been a hectic morning in the McKee household on top of other news that, that is popping up. So I, I hope you're well, my friend. I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, I know we got an hour. On Tuesdays and Thursdays, there's a lot, a lot of stuff to get to. Um, you know, Tennessee baseball. There's a lot of movement that's going to be taking place, and it starts starts right now with it does, it, it does start right now. I uh, I thought you were going to get into it, but I'll I'll share the news that that Chase Burns is in the transfer portal, uh, or is going to pop up in the transfer portal at any moment. Uh, the decision to enter the portal has, frankly, long been made, uh, but maybe there was a last-ditch effort over the weekend to to try to retain uh, Chase Burns. Obviously, rumors and reports started to surface late Friday night, uh, and, and those reports were certainly accurate uh, in terms of those rumors and the decision beginning to, to take place. But uh, as of Friday night, as I tweeted, paperwork had not been signed. Uh, and Tennessee was maybe hoping to, again, make a last-ditch effort, uh, but ultimately the decision had been made, and on Monday afternoon, Monday evening, uh, Tennessee had filled out its side of the paperwork, and 
uh, was waiting on Chase Burns' side to to fill out the, the paperwork, their side of the paperwork, and he should pop up in the portal uh, at some point this morning. Uh, but that that one is a a done deal, and and he is off to his next venture. Yeah, this was your news to break, um, or your your news to lead with this this morning. So, um, that's why I gave you the floor. I got a lot of thoughts here, Ben, a lot. Um, number one, we appreciate Chase Burns' contributions to the University of Tennessee. I enjoy watching him play, uh, especially this year. Last year, he was great as a freshman. I don't know what it's like to pick a school because one of the reasons is it's the in-state school. I don't know that feeling. And having that pressure on your back to put on for the in-state school. He did that. We appreciate him for what he did in two years. I remember an audio clip when he picked Tennessee that was important to him. That doesn't mean that it's supposed to be important to him two years later, Ben. (laughs) I mean, what's important to you today doesn't mean that it has to be important to you a year from now, two years from now. Circumstances change. Feelings change. And that's totally fair, and you should be able to do that. It's the reason why this is not a big surprise. Because I don't think Burns and his side did a really good job of keeping this quiet during the season. I've heard whispers about this potentially happen, him being unhappy. And good job by these leaders on this team, Tony Vitello and company, for navigating through this during the season and getting themselves to the College World Series. Because you have someone that was a starter that did not perform well enough to continue to be a starter, be added to the bullpen, and everyone knew he wasn't happy about it. And he wasn't quiet about it. And so I'm not surprised that here we are on June 27th talking about Chase Byrne hitting the portal officially. Here's my question, Ben McKee. We was in Omaha, right? Eight teams in Omaha. Florida LSU obviously was there. Tennessee was there. Wake Forest was there. TCU was there. Oral Roberts was there. Virginia was there. I think that's it. Did I miss anybody? Stanford was there. Out of those seven other teams besides Tennessee, Chase Burns, you weren't you talking to any of these teams in person, was you? I, I hope not. I hope not. I'm not sitting here accusing I'm asking, if you know you wanted to transfer all this time, please tell me that all of your attention was put towards the opponent. And you you balled out. Chase Burns did his thing. He, so if he did, we sure didn't, didn't see any difference in how he performed from the Super Regional to the World Series. But 
that wouldn't be a good look at all. And that's just something that came to mind. Like if we, if you knew this whole time that you were leaving, and all these other teams were there, because it's hard for me to believe that he's going to transfer to a team that's not World Series caliber. So there's some teams who are World Series, World Series caliber who are not, who are not there. And that's Vanderbilt. Now I'm not saying he's going to transfer to Vanderbilt, but I'm just, I'm just saying like, I'm asking. Did you meet with any of those teams in, in Omaha? And how bad of a look that would be if that comes out that that was indeed the case. But I am, on a scale from 1 to 10, my worry and concern level, it's about a 2, man. And here's why. And maybe it's too low. Maybe it's too high. But here's why I'm at a 2. I've said this before. You've heard me say this before. Tony Vitello is the best recruiter in collegiate sports. Period. Doesn't matter the sport. Doesn't matter. Women's, men's, it doesn't matter. Tony Vitello is the best recruiter in collegiate sports. The fact that he's bringing in talent year in and year out with the facilities that he had at his disposal, lets me know he is the best recruiter. Best recruiter. And so, will you replace a Chase Burns in a snap of a finger in this portal cycle? No, you're not going to do that. But Ben, Tony Vitello has an opportunity, and I'm sure you have a little bit of insight into what could be coming into the program as far as talent from a pitching standpoint, from a you know, hitting standpoint, Tony Vitello has opportunity to bring in more talent and get this team back in the same position that they were this past season. He, he certainly does. And he certainly will. And we can touch on those names more specifically uh, here in a moment, but I want to put a bow on, on the chase Burns saga uh, because I know that this was very surprising to a, a lot of people, May, maybe not at this point on Tuesday morning, uh, but at least when the, the rumors started to to really circle uh, at, at the end of, of last week. Uh, I agree with what you just said. I, I think it would be very awkward and unfortunate is the better word than awkward. It would be really unfortunate if he was meeting with teams during the postseason or at any point. I would assume that he did not because in today's day and age, if if we're just being completely honest, like football, basketball, baseball, no matter the sport, that, that's what the, the people in your camp are, are supposed to do for you. Uh, and, and based off of his performance, he did not seem distracted Mm-mm. by transferring or uh, meeting with other teams, which I, I, I don't think that he did whatsoever. Um, pe- people aren't that silly uh, to do that. But there's also people in your life that can handle it for you without getting in, in trouble and 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 getting uh, the, the the point across. Uh, so I don't I don't think that he did. Now uh, I, I would be surprised if if he did not end up at a school uh, in the Big Twelve who just played for a national championship in football. I I would be surprised if if that's not the case. Uh, and from my understanding, that there is a connection there with with the agent as well uh so you you can kind of put two and two together uh there i i think 
for, for Chase Burns. He is certainly a heck of a talent. And and Tennessee, it, they will certainly miss Chase Burns again. I mean, he's the potential number one overall pick uh, in in next year's draft. And like he he is somebody that you don't want to have to replace. Uh, but Tennessee will be in a a position to replace him as as well as they possibly can, given the circumstances. And again, uh, we can touch on specific names here in a moment. But uh, the last thing that I really wanted to add is is kind of the the timeline of things, okay. um, because that was kind of a, a roller coaster as well. In my opinion, from everything that I have gathered, Chase Burns and his camp were essentially dead set on leaving the moment he got sent to the bullpen in, in the middle of the season, going into that Arkansas series, I, I think, and you can tell a difference in Chase Burns from that point on to the end of the season. And I just kind of think that they had their mind made up, which they have every right to do. Um, but I also think uh, that Tony Vitello and Frank Anderson and Tennessee made the correct decision to send Chase Burns to the bullpen. I mean, he had, a horrific ERA and his outings had been horrific up until that point, something had to change and something was not changing with Chase Burns. And not only did that prove to be the best move for the team, it also proved to be the best move for Chase Burns himself. So I don't blame Tony Vitello and Frank Anderson for, for making that decision. Uh, you can't base decisions, team decisions, in my opinion, based off the fear of of losing somebody to the transfer portal when you do that you you have so many other issues that will pop up at, at some point uh so from that moment on it just kind of seemed dead set that that chase burns and, and his family were leaving which is why you even heard rumors if if you pay attention to the message boards uh and even social media like sec tournament time going into the ncaa tournament there, there were some rumors there uh, as well and for these reasons that that you're seeing now, now Tennessee did feel like they were in a better place with Chase Burns, and, and they were more optimistic once the season ended last week uh, that maybe with the way things ended, that things could be ironed out. And uh, unfortunately, for Tennessee's sake, they they were not. Could Tony Vitello and Frank Anderson maybe had a, a little bit better communication? Probably. Um, but again, I, I don't fault Tony and, and Frank for making the move that they did because something had to change. Uh, and, and then I, I think maybe there's also a, a disconnect maybe between Chase Burns uh, as as well and his coaching. Uh, Frank Anderson, obviously the best pitching coach in the country, in my opinion. Uh, and because he's been doing it for so long, maybe he has not maybe uh, he, he does have more of an old school approach than than what these new age analytics uh, would maybe suggest. And, and so maybe there was a, a differing of opinions uh, in that sense, especially when you have agents involved and, and people outside of the facility that, that have uh, the resources to present analytic analytical facts, uh, quite frankly, and, uh, not not that Frank Anderson is just completely old school and, and doesn't pay attention to any of that stuff. I'm not trying to say that at all, um, but he, he's also probably not 1,000% analytically based. So when a pitcher is struggling and they're hearing stuff from the outside and, and like there's analytics and, and numbers pointing to this and pointing to that, and and the pitching coach is, is maybe saying something else, that there's maybe a disconnect that that is 
that is built in there as well. So uh, th this, quite frankly, was just a, a matter of time before it happened. Uh, I, I also wonder if, uh, if, if Tennessee does not give Chase Burns the baseball in that game three loss to Notre Dame last season, maybe that this move has already happened uh, based off of getting moved to the bullpen last season uh, as well. Uh, I, I, I think there's maybe a sense of entitlement on, on the player's part in, in this situation. Uh, and ultimately, it's best on, on both ends to, to go their separate ways. Chase Burns is, is still going to be one of the first players selected in, in next year's draft. Uh, I'm sure that uh, he, he will have a terrific season wherever he ends up. Uh, and I, I think Tennessee will, will rebound just fine. And, and quite frankly, I, I think both will, will be better off uh, without one another. Uh, and, and I'll add this way. My last thought is uh, for, for years under Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, Jeremy Pruitt, we, we saw guys leave the program and transfer out because they weren't being put in a position to succeed. And were they they just it wasn't a, a healthy situation. And then there's a, a situation like a Brandon Huntley Hatfield where maybe he feels more entitled to, to more than he actually deserves. And that creates friction and headaches. And I think this is more of a Brandon Huntley Hatfield situation than a transfer that we became accustomed to seeing over the course of the Derek Dooley, Butch Jones, and, and Jeremy Pruitt tenure. I'm getting what you're putting down. I'm picking it up for sure with both hands. You know, I try to have some uh, understanding and some grace here and understand that you know, these are these are young men. And there's a time I was once in their position as a student athlete. But it baffles me that you can have an issue receiving less playing time when you don't perform. I mean, that, bro, that is mind-blowing to me because in my world you put me in the game at wide receiver I'm dropping balls I'm missing blocks I'm missing assignments I belong on the bench there's no other place I belong I can get upset all I want to but the coach has to put me down on the bench or the team is going to lose. In basketball, you use Bradley Huntley Hatfield as an example. He had plenty of opportunities to play, to do his thing. And if you're not performing, then coach has to sit you down. It ain't personal. It's for the betterment of the team. The team is above any individual. And if the ERA for Chase Burns while he was a starter is through the roof and it's not helping the team, I would think it's actually helping the player to not continue to put you in that situation so you can continue to flounder and, 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 and possibly ruin your stock 
Well, you saw his performance change immediately. Yeah, like you go to the bullpen and you're better. It's like being a, a starter, but then you're not performing, but then you come off the bench and you play better. But you you mad? You don't understand that your performance wasn't where it needed to be? You mean the, the initial reaction of being upset that you were pulled from the starting lineup, it never changed? It never changed to the point, even after the success from the bullpen? Yo, what? where am I? What galaxy am I on? What planet am I on where you not balling and you get replaced and you get mad and you leave? What? It, what? it, 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 it is wild. And I, I know there's been a lot of NIL rumors uh, with Chase Burns and, and other SEC programs. The, the root I'm is this, sure that The root is the performance, right? What's that? The the root of it all is the performance and the the low, the the assignment to the bullpen. That's the root of it. Yeah. I mean, the NIL yes. could all be a part of it too, but this is the this yes. is the whole root of it. Right, and that that's where I was going. Is that I, I want to emphasize that the the NIL. I'm sure he will be taken care of financially wherever he ends up. Oh yeah, but sure. the the root of of this is the decision to to be sent to to the bullpen uh and uh he, look he and his camp have every right to 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 feel the way that they do i i, I disagree with the with the feeling and uh i i as i mentioned earlier i'm sure tennessee could have handled the the communication better uh for, from that standpoint but i i have a, a hard time siding with the player in this instance, when there's a long track record of Frank Anderson being the best in the business and and handling these situations, and, and as I mentioned earlier, like there there was some unwarranted frustration at the end of his freshman season after the way the the Notre Dame series went and kind of being shifted to to the bullpen uh, because he he tailed off a little bit the, the second half of the season and. If if Tennessee doesn't give him the baseball in, in that game three uh, against Notre Dame, then and he might have already left. Uh, so I, I think it's been an, an ongoing situation uh, that that Tennessee has had to to deal with. And uh, again, Chase Burns does does not need Tennessee. Tennessee does not need Chase Burns. Uh, it's just kind of a, an unfortunate breakup that really should have of of never happened. Um, but uh, people are going to be have a sense of entitlement, I guess, uh, is, is the way to, to put it. But I, I did want to emphasize that th this is more about, from from Burns' side, a uh, distrust in the coaching staff and that that move um, to to the bullpen. Uh, that That is kind of the root of this decision to leave. And it, it, it wasn't solely an... It, NIL based decision from from my understanding again I'm sure he'll be taken care of financially at his next stop but uh the the root of it was their camp seemed to to be dead set on leaving the moment he got sent to the bullpen regardless of how the rest of the season played out good stuff on text box uh good information so far man this 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 conversation must continue like this yo this this is this is mind-blowing to me 
This is absolutely mind-blowing. 865-25503 is our telephone number to the Swain Event hotline. Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. It's Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. It's Jason Swain. I'm live in the Low T Center studio. We will catch a quick timeout, and uh, we'll be back after this. The Swain event is brought to you by Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant, Dead End Barbecue. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Good morning, Swain event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Freedom Motors is the local pre-owned car dealer who does more for you than any other dealer around. You want convenience? You can check out their entire line of vehicles online at freedommotorstn.com. And when you find what you like, they'll bring the vehicle right to your door. That's a dealer who cares about you and your time. Shop Freedom Motors today and let's get you in your new ride. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to lowtcenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. All right, Swain Event and SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. Thank you for joining us this morning. Like, this is not a time to be upset. Like, Tennessee fans, I think I think we've passed that point. Like, let's, let's not be the fans that take it overboard when a player decides to transfer. Like, it's his right. He put in the work. He has this window of eligibility. He can do what he wants to do. We don't have to agree but we don't have to take it overboard and embarrass ourselves and embarrass the entire fan base by, by our reactions. Is it stupid? Yes, it's very, very stupid. But here's the price of doing business. And what I mean by doing business, Ben, this is the price of recruiting really good players. Because you don't really have this happen when you recruit bums, when you recruit scrubs. This doesn't happen. You don't have entitlement. You don't have a player getting upset because he's not performing at a high level. 
to the point where he wants to leave. A scrub is just happy to be in there. A scrub is surprised that he's even in there in the first place. And when he gets taken out, he's just thankful that he played a little bit. That's a scrub's mentality. That's a bum's mentality. But if you want to win, you got to win with dudes. You got to win with really good players. And every once in a while, you're going to come across players who are entitled that take their ball and go home, even though it doesn't make sense from a team standpoint. It's going to happen. And if you're talking about Tello, you're not changing how you recruit. You recruit talent. But, Ben, maybe if you see some of this in the forecast, next time, like Rick Barnes, and Rick Barnes has been coaching uh, approximately 83 years. Like, if you if you coach long enough, you get to a point where you see this. Like, you see this in a forecast. And you go, you know what? Yeah, you're talented, but, yeah, I dealt with this with Chase Burns in 2023. I'm good. You can go somewhere else. I can see that happening. Well, I, I think you're absolutely spot on. I, I think that uh, this coaching staff is already talking amongst themselves as and more so the, the younger guys on staff, because Frank Anderson has been doing this for a very, very long time, was a was a head coach in his own right. Uh, he, he wants to coach the pitchers, show up, work with the pitchers and, and go home. Yeah. That, that's all Frank Anderson care, cares about uh, at, at this point in, in his career. Uh, generally speaking, but the, the younger guys on staff, I, I do believe that there's already a sense of, wow, the fact that we made it as far as we did and won a game in Omaha, despite dealing with all of the headaches that they dealt with throughout the season. And, and, and there are so many headaches behind the scenes that will never be talked about publicly that just even add to the fact of what is known publicly as well. Uh, in terms of what all they had to deal with this season. You, you heard Tony Vitello reference it many times throughout the season in his interviews on the radio, post-game interviews, and, and things of that nature. I, I think there's a sense of them having learned a lot from what took place this season and already being absolutely jacked up and fired up for next season. They're, they're, they're chomping at the bits to, to get back to work. Um, and, and put this season uh, behind them, which is crazy because they won a game in Omaha for the first time in, in 22 years. But it, it was a, a road from hell, quite frankly. Uh, and they're excited to to learn. Uh, and I think they did learn some some very valuable lessons that will benefit them in the long run. I also think the players that also had to stand by and deal with these same headaches. I think they are relieved that they they can turn the page and flip the page and, and move on the next season as well. Uh, Christian Moore, uh, Drew Beam, I'm looking at those guys to take huge steps from a leadership standpoint. I, I think uh, Drew Beam is already a terrific leader. I, I think he was a leader from the, the moment he stepped foot on campus because he was a quarterback in high school. He just has that infectious personality. Mm -hmm. It's why his nickname is QB1. I think he's really going to take over a leadership role and, you know, Christian Moore was very immature w when he showed up at Tennessee. 
Uh, and you've heard Tony talk about it publicly as well, that he lets his emotions get the best of him at the plate and it kind of wears it on his sleeve. Um, but he he really matured this last month or so uh, to, to end the season and really took over a leadership role. Uh, Beam and Moore are, are at uh, in Cary, North Carolina right now, trying out for, for Team USA, the collegiate team, uh, and playing with them these next couple of weeks, which is a, an awesome honor. Uh, kind of like what Tobey Awaka is doing. I think those guys are are already, like the coaching staff, chomping at the bits to get back to it and build on next season and, and, and really grab those leadership roles by the horns and take it and run with it, which will be a huge different for next year's team because this year's team, it didn't find those leaders until the end of the year, which is why you saw all the drama. It's why you saw the ebbs and flows and and, and the disappointments early in the year. And then they found their leadership guys and they took it and ran with it and they had success at the end of the year. I would be very, very surprised if the leadership aspect uh, that you saw with the 2020 team, the 21 team, the 22 team, really every Tony Vitello team except for this year, I think it's going to be where it needs to be from the jump because of guys like Drew Beam and Christian Moore and others who are excited to, to get away from some of these headaches that popped up during the year, turn the page and just move on from this season, quite frankly. Well, football different, man, because this this would have been handled. This would have been handled in the locker room. Well, there there were attempts to be handled, but well, when 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 some are entitled and, and arrogant and think they're above everybody else, it it doesn't matter who you are. No, it, it, it's it's hard to get sorted out. I know what you're referencing. No. And, and how- <laughs> How it would get handled. It it was attempted to be handled in the same way yeah. as it would be in a football locker room. It just did not not go down the way. The end result was not what it what you would hope for it to. Uh, when you do have those encounters in the locker room, I mean, we can we can look at football. I'm not gonna dive into details here, but like there was there was some some things that took place before the South Carolina game, and there were some players on the team that stood up and was like, "No, nah, no, nah, we're not doing that." To, to one of the defensive players that did not play in the South Carolina game. So you like I, you had players step up and and yes. you know there was you know it, But it, did it get got, handled if you turn around and and lose that game because of kind of that dysfunction? It, it got addressed. Were there effects? Yeah, there were effects of it, but like you you confront the person. Yes. There's a confrontation that takes place and sometimes you still may lose the game afterwards, or you may win the game after afterwards, but it doesn't continue without the players saying, nah, man, we we not doing that. We we put in work just like you put in work. We're we're not doing that. You're not gonna be acting like that here. Mm-mm. Don't care how good you are. So I've seen my fair share of guys getting checked in the locker room when their, their their mind wasn't right. The energy wasn't right. The attitude wasn't where it needed to be. Uh, in the locker room, on on the on the turf, in training, in the off season, like it usually gets handled in house in the locker room before it gets to the to the coaches in football. But um, that's just that's just uh, that's just so weird to me. I I think you're spot on for for sure. Right. Um and. I also, I think you do. We kind of talked about this throughout the season, at least before the last month or so. 
really the NCAA tournament. There just weren't guys who were who were comfortable. It's not their personality to be the guy that checks. I understand the, the guy. Yeah, and I, I think now moving forward, not that Drew Beam's going to beat somebody up in the locker room or, or anything uh, of that manner, or, or Christian Moore or Blake Burke, but I, I think those guys will be more comfortable in truly setting the tone and the temperament. Uh, and and guys will understand that they need to fall in line to those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I think Tennessee's leadership will, will be where it needs to be from from the jump, from, from the beginning of the season, really in the fall. And you've heard Tony talk publicly the last several weeks about how they, they didn't really like spending time with one another in the fall. It, it was more of a, a forced concept because they had to practice and, and do some fall exhibitions. And, and even at the beginning, of the spring like it it, they they didn't they they were around one another because they had to be around one another whereas at the end of the season they actually enjoyed being around one another and and so I I think guys like Christian Moore and and Drew Beam are are really going to be able to set the temperament from the jump and I I think again they're ready to turn the page and and take some Tylenol and and get rid of these headaches that, that that have been popping up over the last year or so. Tony Vitello was on Sports Animal this morning with um, John and, and Vince and, and confirmed himself straight from the horse's mouth that uh, Burns was out of here and that he's going to take his talent somewhere else. And so, again, just 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 weird and stupid. Baseball, basketball, different from football, where football there's so many guys in a locker room, so you're going to have more of a chance to have that enforcer type. Miami Heat. They've always had that enforcer type. They never had anyone get out of line because you had a Udonis Haslam there. That was his main job. Enforce. Be the coach in the locker room. And that's why you've never had a, a problem with the culture at all. That's why it's important to have leadership in your, in your locker room. All right, Ben. Enough time on who's leaving. More importantly, who does Tennessee have a good shot at, at bringing in? Yeah, several guys, several talented guys. They've already picked up a a commitment uh, from A.J. Causey, a transfer from Jacksonville State. Uh, He was Jacksonville State's game one starter. I'm done saying Friday night guy because now the SEC uh, makes teams play on Thursday as much as they do Friday uh, in the old school days of, because of TV, the old school days of of that Friday night starter are kind of over with because the, the TV schedule is so different now. But the game one starter uh, is what A.J. Causey was for Jacksonville State this past season. Uh, his numbers were a little inflated, at least in terms of, of ERA. But look at the strikeouts per uh, innings pitched, and they look really, really good. He has nice stuff. Uh, he, he's not Chase Burns or Chase Dolander. Uh, in in terms of plus velocity and and big time breaking balls, he does have a big time breaking ball. I shouldn't say that, but he doesn't have the the big time velocity. Uh, is more so the point that I'm making. He's uh, low 90s and more of a submarine pitcher, uh, and has an arm slot from the side, which does make the velocity on the fastball play up because it's so hard for for hitters to pick up on. Um, so he has really really good stuff. Uh, I would encourage you not to look at the numbers. His numbers as a freshman when he was Jacksonville State's closer as a freshman were, were really, really good. But uh, he, he's regarded as having uh, the best changeup in the country, one of the best changeups in, in the entire country. 
Uh, and what's funny is when I spoke to him, and I have a story up on GoBoss247.com about his decision to pick Tennessee, uh, the only place you can read about his decision to pick Tennessee, uh, he actually mentioned the sinker and the sweeper, which is the sweeper is kind of a mix between a, a slider and a curveball. It sweeps across the plate. Uh, th those are kind of his his go to pitches, and and then he most recently developed the changeup. So I thought that that was interesting. Sweeper. But uh, he fell in love with the potential of being developed by, ironically, Frank Anderson uh, and, and Quentin Eberhardt. So that's why he is coming to Tennessee. And I kind of pegged him as as a bullpen option, but he told me that uh, Tennessee wants him to come in and, and compete to be a starter. So uh, regardless of whether it's out of the bullpen or starting games, he he's a a really nice addition. Uh, for Tennessee, a Huntsville area kid, uh, played at Sparkman High School, which is where Lamonte Turner is from. And I actually played against Sparkman High School. I know nobody cares, uh, but I, I played against Sparkman. They were in my division when when I was in high school or, or region, whatever Joe they call Wynn. it these days. Yes, we actually eliminated Sparkman uh, to advance in the state playoffs. Oh, okay, Ben. So, Drop the mic. Uh, do yeah, yeah, that's that's right, AJ. Take that. And an, another funny note that nobody cares about. I don't think AJ uh, was born when he was playing. What's that? I don't think AJ was born when he was playing. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, my, my 10 year high school reunion was was last week. And and boy, did I feel old. Thankfully, I was in Omaha and, and, and not attending that um, because I, I did not want to, to feel even older than I am. Um, but uh, he he played travel ball with Drew Beam as is good friends w with Drew Beam. I, I've heard nothing but the 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 kid is a great kid from from a great family. Uh, but he bought the car the car that he drives now. He bought it from Kyle Wright and, and Kyle's dad, uh, who I played with Kyle Wright in, in high school, who now pitches for the Braves and, and played at Vandy several years ago. Uh, and his dad was my baseball coach and the car that I would ride around in with Kyle when we were hanging out and he would be the one driving uh, coach, Wright, Kyle's dad sold the car to AJ. So AJ is now driving the car that I rode around in back in high school with, with, with Kyle. So I, <laughs> excuse me. I, I thought that was, what kind that was of car is, funny. is a hoopty. Uh, it, it was more of a, a truck, not the traditional truck, but more like a, a forerunner type. Oh, okay. Um, okay. I'm not Seth Stokes. I'm not good with cars uh, and, and whatnot. But uh, so he's coming in, uh, and then they're they're in great position to land some some other arms as well. Uh, Nate Sneed from Wichita State, who was a freshman this past season, mm -hmm. uh, he was touching triple digits out of the bullpen, playing a prominent role out of the mm -hmm. bullpen uh, as a freshman. I triple think Tennessee digits. is in a great, really, really nice position uh, for Nate Sneed, uh, and, and then. Also, I, I think an interesting one to keep an eye out on is Luke Coleman, uh, who is transferring from Alabama. He was Alabama's game one starter uh, this past season. Uh, and I, I think Tennessee has some work to do there, but I also think that Tennessee is in a, a really, really nice spot. Come on, Zane. Coleman as well. Hook it so, up, Zane. Didn't hook it up. That that That's right. And, and you know, I, I think one thing that is envious for, for pitchers in the transfer portal that are considering Tennessee is seeing Chase Burns leave and not necessarily the the drama of of that conversation, but the fact that it opens up a lot of innings and, and a role to be filled. And I think there are guys like a Luke Coleman who are maybe chomping at the bit to, to potentially fill that role and, and be Tennessee's go-to guy 
after this drama that it has had the last couple of days. So uh, if Tennessee can land Nate Sneed from Wichita State and Luke Holman from Alabama, uh, that would be a, a nice trio of, of, of guys that they're bringing in in addition to A.J. Causey. And, and they already have a nice nucleus of returning on the mound as well. So uh, you, you can't replace Chase Burns. Again, he, he's the potential number one overall pick in, in next year's draft. Uh, but I, I think Tennessee is going to be just fine on the mound. And, and real quick, some bats. Uh, they, they have not added a bat yet, uh, but there's a couple that I, I think they are in good position to, to land. I think they're in the best position right now with Ryan Galaney. Uh, he's an infielder for, from Wofford, played first base for them this past season, uh, but would probably play third base uh, if if he signs with, with Tennessee. And I do think that he is in a – or Tennessee is in a really, really good spot with the Wofford transfer, who was the SOCON player of the year and hit – uh, 17 home runs. He kind of reminds me of another version of Griffin Merritt, uh, an older guy who's just really built well and, and has a lot of power. Uh, so that would be a nice addition if Tennessee can complete that one. Uh, and then Cannon Peebles is a catcher from NC State who is a freshman who uh, everybody in the country seems to want. So that that will be a hard pull. Um, but I, I do think that Tennessee is in a good position there. Uh, Tony Vitello, Josh Elander, Frank Anderson all met with him. Uh, last night so they have been face to face with him and and again I, I in think Knoxville from for him what's that was it did, was this, did this meeting take place in Knoxville or was this at, at a different location I'm I'm he, not sure I, I believe it was a, a different location okay. uh, speaking of hosting somebody in Knoxville a name Tennessee fans will be familiar with uh, is Billy Amick the Clemson transfer uh, who has a lot of pop in, in his bat uh, as as well I, I could see him visiting Tennessee later on this week, and that would be an, another nice bat uh, for, for Tennessee to add. So uh, Tennessee has a nice nucleus, a very nice nucleus of, of players returning, uh, and, and there's a lot of players lined up at the door wanting to sign up to, to play for Tony Vitello and, and Tennessee baseball. So I, I don't know how good or how great they'll be next season, but uh, as we talked about on Thursday, uh, they are not rebuilding. They are reloading, and they will be in uh, another position to make it to Omaha for the third time in, in four years, especially if they can uh, finish up the deal with, with some of these guys that, that they are uh, in a really good spot for and, and in the mix with. Uh, Billy Amick had a, uh, a hit versus Tennessee, batted 333 uh, against Tennessee. Yes, and, and that one's going to be really hard. I, I believe he's from the state of South Carolina. I don't know if you have his profile right in – Front of yeah, you. he's from he's from South Carolina. Yes, uh, and is is transferring away from Clemson, which was a shock to everybody. Um, What's Chase Burns doing? Yes, that is what Chase Burns is doing. <laughs> but I think this is more of a situation of not wanting to be used. In well, I guess that that is why. Well, Tony didn't. Tony used Chase Burns properly. Uh, Chase Burns deserved to go to the bullpen, whereas Billy Amick he he just did not want to play first base. In, anymore from from my understanding and uh, it, it would be interesting if they land the Wofford kid and, and then are able to land Billy Amick because both of those guys are, are probably third baseman and there's also a potential Zane Denton could return so well that that'll be an interesting thing to figure out but Billy Amick will be a hard pull South Carolina is on him hard and you want to talk about awkwardness boy would it be awkward for for Billy Amick to to transfer from Clemson to South Carolina though <laughs> those schools hate each other, as we all know. And yeah. for him to end up at South Carolina, who South Carolina is on him hard, uh, that that would be that'd be interesting. 
Let's get to the phones. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Good morning, gentlemen. What's up? How are we doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing well. Hey, Ben, kind of walk me through. I know we got, like you referenced, the good nucleus of pitchers coming back. Like, could you kind of walk through, like, I I mean, I know Bean kind of is your day one or your game one starter. How does it fall after that? Because I'm still a little fuzzy on who's staying, who's who's going. Uh, On the mound, the guys that are leaving for sure are obviously Chase Burns. Uh, Chase Dolander is gone. Uh, Seth Halverson and Andrew Lindsay, they will be gone because they will be drafted so high. Uh, Camden Sewell, his eligibility ran out, obviously. And then you, you've had some some depth guys enter the portal as well. Uh, Jacob Bimby, uh, Hollis Fanning, Jake Fitzgibbons. Uh, again, th- those guys are, are depth pieces and may have earned bigger roles next season. But I, I think they're seeking more guaranteed innings going somewhere mm-hmm. where, where they know for sure that they will receive an ample amount of playing time. And you certainly understand that. They lost a, a guy named Turner Swistak. Uh, who probably would have pitched this season and, and had a nice role on the team, um, but he was injured to start the year, and they decided to redshirt him because by the time he was ready to play, uh, they didn't want to burn a, a year of eligibility. So uh, you've got several guys leaving, which makes sense because there are so many pitchers on on every baseball team. Uh, but the, the the main guys are Lindsey Halverson, Dolander, Burns, and and Sewell. Kirby Connell, uh, he has a COVID year uh, available. Uh, he he seems like he would be a guy that would take advantage of that because he loves being at Tennessee. Uh, that's my perception from the outside looking in. Um, but other than that, I believe that's that's all that will be moving on uh, unless uh, I, I don't expect any more Chase Burns type of situations to to pop up. We'll see what Zach Joyce does. I think he's a guy that that could that could get drafted and sign with the team, uh, even if it's late or as an undrafted free agent. Uh, but ne- next year's starting rotation, I-, I think it would be A.J. Russell, Drew Beam, uh, and then if they can land the Alabama transfer, Luke Coleman, he-, he would probably be that third guy, or or even A.J. Causey, as we spoke about, or as I spoke about earlier, uh, I, I kind of pegged him as a bullpen guy, uh, but he told me that Tennessee wants him to come in and start. Okay. Yeah, I was just kind of, I-, I was kind of curious about uh, more so Halverson and and, and uh, Lindsey, because, um, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, those guys are, you know, definitely going to go towards the top part of the draft. Another They're question I have for you, Ben. Yeah, yeah they, 100%. 100%. I mean, I still think Lindsey at the next level will be more of a bullpen arm. Um, you know, Halverson, Halverson I can't figure out because he's got as close to Chase Burns stuff as anybody on the team, but the numbers aren't always there. I mean, he his stuff is. I mean, oh god, it, it's it's electric. Um, I mean, you're running 98 up there with a hard breaking curveball and a mix of four pitches. I mean, that's that's not easy to do. Hey Ben, I got another question for you. Did Frank Anderson take a a different sort of like pitching approach? Like this off season with some of the guys, I, I guess more so from a mechanic standpoint. I've been dying to ask you this question. Uh, 
I, I don't think that anything would change at, at this point in his career. He, he's been doing it gotcha. for, for so long. But I also don't think that he really needs to, to change anything, to be honest. And I'll be the first to admit that I, I'm not privy to, to how he coaches up guys. Uh, I'm not there on a day-to-day a -day basis. And uh, I have never – like Chase Burns is, is the only potential guy that, that I've heard have – a not so great relationship with with him. Um, I, I've heard from other guys just a, a ton of of great things uh, over uh, the the Tony Vitello tenure of of Frank Anderson uh, being here. I obviously do a baseball podcast with former Tennessee pitcher Will Heflin, and Will's only ever said great things uh, and uh, kind of lit up uh, when we recorded a, a podcast last night breaking down the Chase Burns news, which I will encourage those once we finish here with with Swain. Uh, to go check that out uh, for, for more baseball talk, if, if you want more baseball talk. But uh, one of the things that A.J. Causey, the Jacksonville State pitcher, was was really excited about in terms of being developed by Frank Anderson is Frank's ability to he, – he's so great at understanding body movements and, and like, kinesiology and, and things of that nature. And he can kind of say, okay, get your body to, to do this and – your pitch will, will do that. Uh, he, he's so great at picking up on just body movements and, and being able to make corrections from that standpoint. And when I mentioned that on the podcast, Will Heflin lit up uh, and, and talked to, talked exactly about that and, and how uh, great Frank was for, for his development and, and developed his pitches more than he had ever expected. So I, I don't think that Frank Anderson would change the philosophy at, at this point in, in his career. And, and, and quite frankly, uh, from a certainly from a pitching standpoint and, and mechanics, I I don't think he needs to. I mean, I what what he's doing is gotcha. working. Gotcha. Okay, I was just curious, and um, you know, you, obviously, you hate losing a guy who's in the conversation to go number one, possibly overall in the major league draft. But you know, I'm kind of curious to see which Chase Burns you know, we're losing. Are we losing the guy who threw in the last three weeks of the season? Because that's very hard to replace. But the guy who threw the rest of the season, a 500 pitcher with probably, what, a mid-five ERA, that's kind of easy to replace for, I guess, a Tony Vitello, wouldn't, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yes. I mean, they, yeah. they won't so, replace. Just, just from the, a number the, standpoint. Yeah. They, they won't replace the – the bullpen version of, of Chase Burns, the the Chase Burns to, to end the season. He was the best reliever, uh, and I kind of hate calling him a reliever because he, he pitched more than, than just an inning uh, in the major leagues. Most of those guys pitch an inning, maybe two at max, as you well know, Justin. Um, but, I mean, he, he came in and was like a second starter in the game and was just absolutely explosive and dynamic. Uh, he, and I, I called him for weeks the most explosive bullpen arm in, in the country uh so they, they're not going to replace that they're, you can't uh, unless i am i mean they have guys that are that talented naturally um but it, it's going to be really really hard but the the chase burns that showed up the first half of the season as, as a starter i mean we saw tennessee get better when they removed him from the starting rotation yeah yeah i still think this is a little bit of a bad calculation by some of the people around him because you're you're sending a little kind of a scary message out to some major league clubs that I don't get what I want, you know, you know, cause I still think that at the next level, 
that kid would be one hell of a closer. And, you know, being a starting pitcher, I know, you know, sounds great and there's an ego thing involved, but I mean, having him come in pumped 101, 102 with four pitches and get three, four outs, that, that doesn't, that, that doesn't grow on trees, but you no, know, not at all. I appreciate the info I, you, you guys. It, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. No, I, I was just going to say, and we appreciate you calling in, Justin. Hope you and, and your fam are, are doing well. I was just going to add that I, I think he, he is on track to be a, a terrific closer or even a starter uh, because for, for there for a minute, it did look like he was better suited uh, to be a starter just because he only had the fastball and the slider. Uh, but as we talked about during Omaha, like, if he lands that curveball and change up consistently to go with the fastball and slider and he has a four-pitch mix, he will absolutely be a starting pitcher uh, at, at the next level uh, because you have those four pitches working for you, and, boy, you, you can do a lot of damage. Swing event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Huge weekend on the hill for Tennessee football recruiting. When are we going to see some commitments? Oh, we... We might see him soon. We might see him soon. A lot going on with Tennessee football recruiting. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. Jason Swain here. I'm live from the Low T Center studio. Stay with us. Be right back. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Event app. Guys, let me talk to you here. If you've noticed a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be Low T. Schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month cash pay or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you need the convenience of an at-home treatment, Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to lowtcenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes! Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Swain Event Fuel by Dead End Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain. Temperatures are rising. Almost hit 90s yesterday. Forecast looks like it's going to hit the 90s the next couple of days. The reason why I'm telling you this is, folks, is very, very important. If you know you need a new HVAC unit, this is the time to replace it. Don't wait. 
Hiller, plumbing, heating, cooling, and electrical. Fantastic deals going on right now. Free UV light. Free electronic air cleaner when you buy select HVAC systems. You can get whole home water filtration for just $59 a month. You can get a new whole home generator for just $139 a month. The Heat Wave Heroes, we call them at Hiller. They're here to save the day because the last thing you want to be doing is sitting inside of your house, the house you pay for, uncomfortable, sweating because your HVAC unit is out. You don't want that at all. Hiller's work is back by their happy you'll be or services free guarantee. They have convenient online booking where you can just go online, select the appointment time that works for you, and get instant confirmation. You can also track Hiller's tech uh, as they're coming to your house. You'll know exactly when they will arrive. That is Hiller Plumbing, Heating, Cooling, and Electrical. All right, let me hit the text box up. Ben, will uh, Sonny Matthew Davis make it to campus? Uh, Matthew Dallas. Da- uh, Dallas, is, that's my bad, my bad. It's Dallas, not Davis. My bad. Is an absolute stud. Uh, he is a a lefty uh, from the Memphis area, plays at Briarcrest Christian uh, there in Arlington, Tennessee, which is the Memphis area. Uh, six foot six, 180, a lefty with a projectable frame. Uh, been up to 94, but there's more velo on the way, and, and he started – the, the gold medal game for the 18 U USA team. So, so the young man is an absolute stud. Uh, I, 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 I'm, I don't think Tennessee's going to lose out on, on any high school guys in, in the draft that that's my prediction as of June 27th. Uh, but I do think Tennessee is going to be nervous during the draft with some guys and, and Matthew or, or Matt Dallas is, is one of the guys uh, that they will probably be very nervous about. Uh, the, the other two that I think are, are very, very interest, interesting are, are Braden Sharp. He's a lefty, uh, actually a true two-way player, plays center field and a lefty, and he's been up to 95. Uh, he's from the Woodlands, Texas, uh, which I guess is in the Houston area because he's a two-time district MVP in a big-time baseball district in the Houston area. Uh, he's a guy that's an absolute stud. And Derek Schaefer, a right-hander from Phoenix, uh, who's up to 96 with, with call, quality secondary pitches, uh, those two guys, Derek Schaefer and Braden Sharp, they were at the MLB draft combine earlier this week. And I saw a, a video on Instagram uh, from Derek Schaefer of, of striking guys out at the MLB draft combine, which is uh, great for Tennessee and, and also not great for, for Tennessee because you want these guys to to make it uh, to, to campus. So, uh, again, as of now, I don't think they'll lose on lose out on anybody to the draft at a high school. But there are guys like the ones that I just mentioned. Uh, who 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 they're going to be very very nervous about as as the draft is is taking place and the draft is so unpredictable. Uh, th- these guys go into the draft with a, a set number that they're looking to make, and, and if they get that number, uh, then they will sign. But what the the wrench that is kind of thrown into things is these teams get desperate at times and and kind of spur of the moment they'll just throw money at guys. Uh, so you just really never know, and and it's a it's a real quirky event uh, it, for so many different reasons. So, again, I don't think that they'll lose anybody at this point, but there are guys that they will definitely be nervous about. 
Uh, Jennifer Morris says on the text box, I am the most disappointed with the adults in Burns' camp. They are enabling entitlement and teaching a young man some bad habits. It's, it's, um, it either can blow up in his face here uh, in the short future or it can work out. But I just seem like this whole situation could have been handled better and differently. But, hey, man, it's your kid. You have the right to be involved the way you want to. And um, Chase was an excellent player for us. Never got in trouble. Um, but it's one of the curses of, of being blessed with such a gift of talent is trying to kind of pave the road for, for a player rather than preparing the player for the road. So um, we'll be rooting for him. At least I will be when he's suiting up for a team. In purple. In purple. Uh, and, and speaking of, of Jennifer <laughs> Morris, uh, she will not be entering the transfer portal and will be here to help uh, those with, real estate needs. So if, if you're looking to to buy a new home in the, in the Knoxville area, be sure to reach out to Jennifer Morris of Keller Williams Realty, uh, who will not be entering the portal on Keller Williams Realty out of nowhere. Uh, Tennessee football had a big weekend this weekend. Uh, Mike Matthews, a five-star receiver. He had in-state um, talent, Amari Jefferson on campus. Uh, you still got to get some edge guys, Jordan Ross, and uh, others were on, on campus. And so, um, it, when will these guys get in the boat? I don't know. But I do know Tennessee did a really good job this, this weekend. And uh, there were videos floating out of these guys hitting, hitting the lake and, um, having a good time. Boo Carter was back. Four-star athlete commitment from in-state who committed last week. I uh, was back to help recruit for his squad. Um, Braylon Russell is is a back that once committed to Arkansas. He decommitted. But, man, uh, sir. Have, have you seen Braylon Russell in person by chance? Did I heard that he was yoked? He, he was big old boy. I saw the video of him running, and one does not explain the other. How you be that Buddy. big and that fast? Buddy. I saw him on uh, Sunday morning as he was departing his official visit to, to try and get some, some comments, which we did not get great comments because they were late for their flight and, like, running to the gate, he and his family. Mm -hmm. um, but – he he is huge. He is. I mean, he looks like a monster. I mean, they're, they're, that's the simplest way, simplest way to put it. In and a good and way. if you could, like we talked about, thunder and lightning with, with Jalen Hurd and Alvin Kamara. If you compare him with with Peyton Lewis, it would really be thunder and lightning because Braylon Russell is a a big old boy in a good way. Well, I'm looking at his two four seven profile, six two two fifty. I was scared. I was scared of him. I, I didn't want to go up and talk to him. I didn't want to look at him. I, I was I was scared of this this young man. I mean, th this is 
Swain, I, I don't know if, if you have continued to say this. I'm sure you have from time to time. But I, I know back in the early Swain event days, uh, you, you love to talk about getting recruits that that looked like they were 40 years old. Oh, but uh, it's, it's, it's still Swain event guidelines. It's, it's still that, part of the that, guidelines. That's right. I, I don't know that he looks 40 in the face. But the, the young man looks like he just got out of prison and did nothing but a thousand push-ups a, a day while he was in. He uh he still looked grown. He got a he got a baby face, but he got a grown baby face. The body does not match the baby face. Yeah, he's a I mean he's a four or five four or five guy, uh forty. And which uh, at that size is is ridiculous. Uh yeah. Like I remember seeing Brandon Jacobs, who was like two sixty. Ran a four five on kickoff coverage at Auburn. And then we saw him in the NFL, the Giants. It's ridiculous. And is it fair to mention Jabari Davis in the same sentence in terms of body field and maybe get up and go? I haven't seen I haven't seen him. I just I just see the uh the weight. So you saw him in person. You didn't see Jabari in person when he when he played, um, but when you just look at like Jabari wasn't two fifty coming out of high school either. <laughs> That's the thing. Like right now, Derek Henry is two forty seven, two fifty ish. So, yeah, he's and he, Derek Henry's what six six, six five. No, four, he's six, he's six like three. Oh, really? I thought he was taller than that. Yeah, he, he appears taller like uh, than that when he's stiff arming DBs and stuff. But now he's six three. It's, it's the dreadlocks that make him look taller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By yeah. the way, I know this is really random. You can answer it very quickly. Have you bought your Julian Phillips Chicago Bulls jersey yet? I'm done with the Bulls. I told you that. I've been done with the Bulls before Julian Phillips was drafted and um, put on the Bulls. You know, I root, you know, I root for players. Now you've been through this. That's why you're trying to recruit me to be a Grizzlies fan. That's right. Come on. No, nah, I'm good. Who want to root for with the Grizzlies? Uh, people who love Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. Look, you can say what you want about uh, John Morant and Dylan Brooks. Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. are very, very likable. Oh, I, I agree. Like, I agree. But I'm still going to be pick, adopting a new basketball team. No, you're not. I'm too you're, old, in, man. you're in the state of Tennessee. Mm-mm. You can adopt them. Jaws shake back is, is going to be great. But to get to get back to recruiting, I, I know people don't want to listen to, to me ramble about the, the NBA and, and the Grizzlies. Do wish Julian the best. Congratulations to him on, on being drafted. Uh, hopefully the Bulls can, can put him in a position uh, to succeed. They won't. But, they won't. Well, for his sake, uh, I hope that they, they do. Just they like won't. My, they won't. Be. My yard man is taking care of my yard right now. We can't hear him. But, uh, Are we hearing you talking about the Bulls? Really? I'm I'm surprised that you can't, because he literally is like passing behind this wall. Okay, here and, I, and wow, I I just you know I got my technology set up uh, to, to to be the the absolute uh, best. Oh, by the way, Chase Burns is officially in the transfer portal uh, as of nine ten a.m. Bye, Felicia. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I'm I'm with you, um, Mike Matthews, buddy. He he likes Tennessee, ain't he? Loves him some Tennessee. Like like Tennessee's about to have 
one of these recruiting cycles or runs leading up to signing day, the other fan base is going to be hating on. It's going to be funny. It's going to be great. I love when Tennessee recruits and the other fan bases accuse Tennessee of doing something wrong and just hate. I love it. I think Tennessee's going to have one of those one of those runs. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Tennessee's in the top, top five uh, at the end of the day. Would not be surprised at all. Seth Linderman says, Swain, this is the same way I feel about Tillman getting drafted by the Browns. I mean, Tillman's going to be all right. I wouldn't feel that way about the Browns. I mean, if, the, if, the, if, if Browns your team, which I don't know if that's what you're saying, uh, the Browns have had more success than the Bulls. The Browns at least been to the playoffs. They at least got a roster that can compete. There's yeah. a direction. Bulls don't have that at all. I guess there there have been some talented receivers to come through Cleveland the, the last handful of years and, and maybe not completely live up to the hype. Um, but I, I think Cedric will be fine. I think Cedric's fine on any of the 32 NFL teams. He, he's just a, a really good football player. The unfortunate aspect for him is that his, his quarterback uh, – well, his quarterback is his quarterback in Deshaun Watson, and, and we know how uh, Deshaun Watson likes to get down. Now, fortunately – uh, the great Josh Dobbs and, and his terrific influence is, is there in Cleveland as well. Uh, maybe maybe Josh Dobbs' influence can rub off on Deshaun Watson. Oh, geez. Uh, Big Shot Rob says, did y'all see what the Bulls organization was saying? Basically, Barnes w- wouldn't encourage slash let him shoot the ball. Um, I think I saw the article, Athletic, um, talking a little bit about that, which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I've never heard Rick Barnes tell a player not to shoot shots that, that they were open to shoot. Matter of fact, I was wondering this year why Julian Fields wasn't more aggressive. Um, and I would ask people around the program who covered the program, and what I was told was he was told to be more aggressive, and he just didn't do it. And um, it was obviously weird, like, Julian Phillips in the first half of the season, the second half of the season felt like a two different players, but for whatever reason, man, his confidence just wasn't, wasn't there and injuries played a part in it and it just didn't, it just didn't work out. I'm just glad that he was drafted um, rather than playing for another college team because that time between his last game as a volunteer up until draft night, like there's a possibility he wasn't gonna get drafted. Like he he slid big time, and so the work that he put in to in the combines and the workout sessions really, 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 really uh, impacted his status. And that just means he put in a lot of work, man. So, you know, congratulations, to Julian Phillips. Sometimes it's not about the road; it's it's the fact that you get to the destination. And I know he probably had a plan to be a lottery pick and first round pick, and you know it didn't work out that way. But he's still in the NBA. And I think he's in a really, honestly, a good spot to just go out there and just ball. Bulls don't know what the hell they're doing. Um, But that might be good for Julian Phillips. Just go out there and just go out there and just play. Well, the problem is I I think he needs to develop a a little bit more. Just go play. (laughs) That's how you develop. It's also, yeah, but uh, that's a hard thing to do in the NBA. Mm -hmm. You'll get eaten alive very, very quickly. So, 
Uh, ho- hopefully, the the Bulls are are able to develop him uh, better than, than than you and I think that they'll be able to. Uh, because I, I'd like to see Julian Phillips succeed. Yeah, me too. Yeah, hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Rooting for him. Big time fan. And I hope he hope he tears it up. Bulls fans, they they need it. I was a Michael Jordan fan the whole time anyway. I don't even know why I was stuck with the Bulls. Ugh. Embarrassing. All right, let's see what else is on text box before we wrap up today's program. Um, Nelson from Jackson says that uh, Braylon Russell reminds him of Michael Bush from Louisville. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I remember old Michael Bush who played different positions. And I want to say, was that Mel? Was that, was that a Trinity? One of those big-time programs in Louisville. Uh, high school programs, but yeah, man, 250, 4540, and Tennessee's in a good position for for Braylon Russell, good position for, um, I think Tennessee made up some ground with, with uh, Amari Jefferson. Buddy, if if Tennessee can land Amari Jefferson to go along with, with Mike Matthews, whoo, because I've said this, in, in multiple places, and I, I think I said it on, on here as well. Don't let the star rankings fool you. Amari Jefferson is as good as Mike Matthews. D- different player, but as good. And and go just go watch, like, the first three plays of Amari Jefferson's film. Oh, yeah. But Buddy is – we talk about built and having speed. Buddy is built, and you wouldn't expect him to be as quick as he is. I think the the first play of, of his highlight tape or the second play is him like taking a, a reverse and just absolutely taking it to the house in the state championship game. Special talent. Special talent. So reminds me of a quicker Jason Swing. Oh, probably. Probably. I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Don't take much. Man, hopefully over the next couple of days we start hearing some news about future Vols and their commitment to University of Tennessee. I guess congratulations to LSU baseball. Ugh. The moment. Better than Florida winning it. Yeah, I guess. I just I just hate the fact that LSU has had a title with the women's team and the baseball team in the same calendar year. And uh, I kind of like the whole everything school Tennessee has been on. And I'm just afraid that LSU is going to Throw out a graphic that says the real everything school. That's Ooh. that's 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 gonna hurt me. That's gonna hurt me. I just hope that doesn't happen. And that's there's nothing I, you can say. There ain't nothing you can say. And and that's why I did not want LSU to win it. But the way Florida beat LSU down and was still in bases up by that many runs, Florida deserved to get the head beat in the way they did the last game. And it was crazy as Florida outscored. LSU in the three games, 31-26, and will leave Omaha empty-handed. So. Baseball, baby. That's baseball, right? But, yeah, Florida deserved what they got because they was was doing way too much in game number two. Just doing too much. It maybe had some bad karma. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. But we got good karma here on the Swain event. Thursday, we look forward to having more. Good karma, and hopefully you are part of the show, which will be starting at 8 a.m. 
the podcast will be up momentarily. Thank you for making the Swain event part of your morning. For Ben McKee of Go Balls 247, I'm Jason Swain. Peace and much love. We are out.